Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath October 1st, we look at Lesson 1, Rebellion in a Perfect Universe. Together, let's see how God overcomes evil with His love. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, a new quarter, uh, or, yeah, lesson one. Yeah, uh, exciting the, quarter. Yeah, on death, dying, and, a, and, the, future, and the future hope. And well, the death part's not exciting. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but the future hope is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this lesson one is rebellion in a perfect universe. And our memory text mm. comes from Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. I, well, I don't, I don't love this, but I love that they're using the NASB. Mm-hmm. And it says, how you have fallen from heaven, you star of the morning, sun of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who defeated the nations going to the great controversy here. And the reason why I said, I love this is because I was just going through with the young lady. And once again, the theodicy of God, why do bad things happen to good people and everything else? Why is there evil Mm -hmm. in the world? Well, someone made a choice and God Mm. loves us so much. He allows us to have choice. And that's where this is starting. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's talking about the great controversy. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, and, you know, it's not something we'd like to think about or talk about, but it is our human reality. It until is. Jesus does come and understanding the source of that, that this is not something God ever intended for us. You know, even thinking about that, Michael, as mm-hmm. I'm looking here, uh, creation and expression of love. I think you're transitioning there already. I think great minds think alike. Right. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about Sunday's lesson. Absolutely. So, I mean, if, if something dies, it has there has to be something that created it. Right. So we right. have to look at those origins and it just makes uh, perfect sense with a quarter like this, dealing with such uh, intense issues, if you please, to start at the beginning. And in fact, we had what the lesson on Genesis. So we talked about the book of beginnings not too long ago. No, it wasn't uh, and, too long ago. And this is kind of where we begin with this this lesson. But we have to remember that when when God created us, when he created uh, this world, if you please, yeah. that it, creation itself is an act of love um Mm. do it god god didn't have to do it you know he's got plenty of planets all around the universe and other we're told that there's other celestial beings and things like that Uh, god didn't have to do it uh he didn't need us per se but but yet he loved us and, and continues to love us and it's out of that depth of love that that the creation takes place and it's what gives us value we've talked about this before buster you know how right. how in the imagio day the image of god that's that's what gives us meaning and purpose uh to to, to life here and the text here that uh alberto tim uh, who, incidentally, a little shout out, we're going to have a special interview with him as the primary contributor for the lesson for this quarter. So that should be coming out really Exciting. soon. Special bonus episode coming up around the corner. Uh, and, you know, the, this text here in First John, uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 8 and 16, short passages, but very poignant with meaning. Uh, verse 8, whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. So just this uh, profound thought to think of that God 
um, the fundamental characteristic of, of his essence and being is this uh, attribute of, of love, the selfless love. Uh, and, and that's part of the Trinity, right? I mean, if, if you're just the focus of love, that's why there's a Trinity. There's a triune. It's not just one person giving, receiving, but it's a constant, you know, where all three members of the uh, Trinity uh, love selflessly and can constantly give. And, and so within that context, this beautiful, beautiful image of the character of God. And then uh, verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love of God, uh, on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And Amen. so our fundamental essence as cr the creation is to bask and to live in and to live out God's love in our lives through us. And that is such a beautiful thought to think of. Now, I know don't, I don't always do that perfectly. <laughs> I, I fall far short, fall Same here. way too short. Uh, but yet um, it's God's love that in a way kind of warms our hearts and awakens us so that as we respond and see what God has done for us out of that relationship, there right. is this awakening, just like a seed that, you know, comes forth from the ground, you know, it just bursts forth and uh, in response to the sunshine and water and everything else in its environment. So a, a new heart is, is born and generated yeah, in, right. in us. And, and that's God working in and through us, you know, um, through his love. And, and that is, um, that's the soil, that's the water, that's the, all the chemistry to make um, the new creation, that new birth in each of our hearts and lives. So, uh, but uh, God doesn't force us he doesn't no, he make doesn't. us and say you have to, which brings up this issue of free will as the basis for love. Uh, talk to us about that, Buster. Well, Michael, you just finished reading First uh, John 4, 7 and 8, mm -hmm. uh, but that passage continues on and, and it, it mentions something very important. I'm mm -hmm. going to read here verse 15 and 16 in the contemporary English version. God stays one with everyone who openly says Jesus is the son of God, right? So there's this, this, this bonding agent that is Christ. When we say Jesus is the son of God, we believe in him, trust in him. Uh, mm -hmm. It bonds us with the father and with the spirit. That's how we stay one with God. But listen to verse 16 and sure and, and are sure that God loves us. God is mm -hmm. love. If mm -hmm. we keep on loving others, we not right. By the way, God is love, period. Right. So <laughs> right. God is not love. If right. God is love, period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we keep on loving others, we will mm -hmm. stay one in our hearts with God and he will stay one with us. Wow. Right? But it puts this onus upon us. God is forever and eternally love, but we can choose to join him in that love, but it's our choice. It's our free will, which is what I believe this lesson is getting to. And as I was looking a little bit more at this free love, uh, free will, not free love thing. Uh, <laughs> it's a big difference. There's a big difference, right? We're, we're looking at free will. Uh, it, it asks this question. It's like, well, if God allowed free will, then did God ordain sin? Because he yeah. knew that Lucifer with his free will was going to choose sin and that Good humanity question. was going to fall into there. 
And mm-hmm. uh, it, it goes into this and says he only allowed its existence. And then at mm-hmm. the cross, he took the ultimate punishment upon himself. So mm-hmm. he foresaw it, he knew it, and he made provisions and plans. In other words, freedom of choice is very important to God especially for us and we should value it as well but we should also use it responsibly and wisely mm-hmm. uh recognizing what a gift it is but also it can become a curse and so that's why god wants us and he's showing us to mm-hmm. choose love to choose love in him I, what a, an incredible gift to think about yeah yeah indeed and so now michael i'm really curious about tuesday's lesson mysterious ingratitude uh, right. Tell, tell us a little bit about this. Well, you know, I think it's continue if, if on. Only yes. If only we knew. Yes. If only we knew. Because that's that's why it's mysterious. Is and we're talking again the origins of sin. And you've got Lucifer in heaven, and all of this that takes place, and and then sin uh, begins. And how did that happen? So we don't exactly know. I'm, it's a the the mystery of evil is is how it's described often. Right. And I, I wish we knew. I wish we understood in a way because we have to deal with the results of it. But but yet uh, here is this description. Ezekiel chapter twenty eight is often you know referred to. Uh, both in terms of Ezekiel, the ongoing drama with ancient Israel, but as a metaphor or something more, uh, I guess you'd say even prophetic in a sense that it's describing something uh, not just immediate, but describing something far more profound in terms of the origins of of sin. And so the symbolic language that's right. used here helps us to understand and, and describes, um, you know, you were perfect in beauty. So this uh, inner perfection. So, so how do you have something that's perfect and yet uh, then something that becomes so imperfect, right? And, and that does relate to free will. God doesn't force. So otherwise, if there wasn't the possibility of evil and of people choosing to go against the will and character of, of heaven, of God, uh, then, then we would just be, you know, machines. Robots. Robots. Exactly. Uh, and so here we have uh, the, the this kind of um, description, right, of the guardian cherub and everything else. But in verse 17, it says, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So somehow the one thing we do know about the origin of sin is that it, become in, it became inward focused. It became, um, how shall we say, uh, selfish. It's, it's uh, an obsession on oneself. So instead of the selfless giving of the love of God exhibited through God's very character, where things go wrong is, is and how it, that exactly happened. It's again, it's a mystery, but the result of that mystery is, is not a mystery in that it's antithetical to the very character of God mm-hmm. and of heaven. Yeah. And so that's, that's what's happening is, is yeah. And, and if you think about it, yeah, it's this ingratitude at the finally at the very end of time when there will be sin will be vanquished and no more, you know, God gives everybody the, 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 the same opportunity, the same uh, privilege and choice. Uh, but yet it's this uh, spirit of ingratitude. And that goes back to Lucifer, you know, not really understanding, appreciating the true character of God. You know, hey, it's it's about me. I, I should be more appreciated or whatever. And uh, God doesn't, again, he doesn't force, but uh, it will be ingratitude of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because um, mm. there's no reason anyone should perish, right? That's one of the core parameters or the core at what the gospel is right right and and yet so the ingratitude of 
the not only God's creation for us, but God's uh, redemption on our behalf. And and that's uh, you know uh, why any of us should be lost will be also equally a mystery as was the mystery of sin, because uh, there there really is no reason for it uh, logically. I mean. You know, it's, it's just incredible, but but yet God God allows us uh, the the opportunity, and so this brings up this core issue, not only of sin but of pride. Going along with that, uh, I guess you could say prophecy, but also foretelling of mm-hmm. the King of Tyre, as well as Lucifer and Ezekiel twenty eight comes Isaiah chapter mm-hmm. fourteen, verses mm-hmm. twelve through fifteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I'm turning there right now, Michael, uh, it's yeah. just I think it's important for us to see this uh, because this rises up in our own lives, right? So yeah. Isaiah 14 verse 12, you bright star, a morning star have fallen from the sky. You brought down other nations, and now you are brought down. You said to yourself, "I'll Ouch. climb the high, uh, I'll climb to heaven and place my throne above the highest stars. I will sit there with the gods far away, uh, far away in the north. I will be above the clouds, just like God Most High. But now you are deep in the world of the dead, those who see you and this wonders, right? So it's it's going on, but talking about how he used to be so high up, or how he wanted to be so high up, even though he was already high." <laughs> Uh, it it kind of reminds me of those who are rich, want to get richer. Uh, and I remember the words of the Apostle Paul, I am content with all things. Uh, and the lesson asks this question, it, it, it asks it ask us here, what far-reaching consequences did Lucifer's pride, uh, did Lucifer's pride while in heaven bring to the universe and to this world? Mm. Well, he's known as the prince of this world, and pride is still defeating us on a daily basis. I know mm-hmm. I fight it on a daily basis, right? You look to the left, you look to the right, and you want this and you want that. And mm-hmm. Lauren and I uh, constantly in our family devotionals, we come together and we say, let's be gracious for what God has given us and let's be content, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, could we could we have more? Yes. Do we want more? Of course. But are we actually satisfied with what God has given us? And then saying, God, Thank you for being who you are and thank you for your gift of being who you are. Um, Beautiful. And, and, and all this, right, continue to combat that pride. And it goes through uh, stories of people uh, all the way from Genesis down to Revelation, talking about God's people at the end, how they're mm-hmm. called out, uh, especially there in Revelation four, uh, 18, verse 4. We're mm-hmm. called out of her, my people. And part of that is being called mm-hmm. out of pride into mm. meekness and lowliness that was our savior into humility, <laughs> the humbleness, right? And so one of the only ways I know to truly remain humble and become humble is by worshiping God. Mm. The very word worship, proskuneo, to prostrate one's down, uh, oneself down as a mm-hmm. uh, dog lis- licking his master's hands or feet, right? Yeah. Prostrate yourself down to say, God, you're God and I am not mortifies pride. So worship God, praise him, sing songs, uh, do whatever you have to do, but make sure that your life starts not just with a devotional, but your life starts with worship because as you worship God and you put him in his place. And then you're not saying I will be like the most high, I will climb up, but I will lift him up. So he'll draw Mm -hmm. all people, not unto me, but unto he, unto him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's continue to combat pride and combat the 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 after effects of pride, which are even more detrimental, yeah. a selfishness and dangers of murders and 
everything else. Go ahead, Michael. And, and, and I wonder, Buster, if, if sometimes we have spiritual pride, you know, as, as Adventists, I think we're in Oof. special danger of this. Because Careful, Michael. <laughs> we have all this. <laughs> okay, okay. All this truth, you know, and we're right because uh, you know, the seventh day is the Sabbath. So we keep the true and correct day and these kinds of things. And we have all this knowledge, which is amazing. Uh, it really is amazing. And it's beautiful, these beautiful truths. But, but there is a danger. I think yes, that yes, we is. can be so focused on being right that we forget about these other kinds of relational aspects about what it actually means to live out the gospel, to live out the beautiful Adventist message in our daily lives. And Michael, so, Michael, you're you're on to something because I was just going over the desire of ages with my life and teachings mm-hmm. of Jesus class. And one of the biggest sins of the children of Israel back then was national and spiritual pride. And I think about us as not only as a church, but as a nation, national and spiritual pride. So we have spiritual pride in our churches, but we also have nationalism that's on the rise. And so you Mm -hmm. combine the two and it's just like, we think we are the bee's knees. We're better than everyone. We're bigger and better and brighter. And the truth of the matter is we're equal, right? Mm -hmm. Just because Mm -hmm. I am in a first world country and I have wow. uh, running water and food. Does that make me mm. better than someone who's in a third world country who doesn't have those things? Absolutely not. The yeah. value, the, the Magio Day is in both of us, right? And so Beautiful. therefore, that's where our that's where our equality comes from, not from what I have, not from what I do, but in whose image I was created in. And yeah. that's that's so important for us to to view that. Yeah. And and what has to be, it has to be authentic. It can't be this contrived kind of thing, right? Yeah. So you know, we don't, we don't just like by trying harder, it happens, uh, you know, through again, where we started out the lesson in God's love. If we really appreciate Amen. and understand God's creation, his love for us, uh, that, um, what we need is to die daily, have that converted heart. And we all need that, you know, because the danger, like you said, is that of, of pride. Oh, I'm, I think I'm so good because I, you know, X, Y, Z, I, I don't eat unclean oh, foods yeah. and I worship on the right day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, um, that's, that that's true to a sense, but if it doesn't, uh, results in a converted heart through how we live out the gospel, then we're in trouble every single time. And, and, you know, Michael, I believe that comes through proximity mm-hmm. uh, as we grow closer to God, yeah. the more unworthy we realize we are, but the more changed we become, the mm. more humble we become, the more loving we become. And so yeah. my challenge is make sure you find yourself in proximity to Christ through his word. Mm. Uh, by the way, I, I have to share this testimony this week. There's a student after class who came just yesterday and she said, you know, I'm having a lot of struggles with what you're talking about, about believing in God. And and she's like, and that God speaks. She's like, I believe in him. She's like, but I just don't believe that he speaks. And I said, well, hmm. I'm going to challenge you right now. Let, let You know, and I'm really big onto this right now, Michael, which is instead of trying to prove anything, I say, let's go to prayer and let, let's ask God. And so we prayed and I said, God revealed to this student uh, what it is that you would like her to do in order to hear your voice. And I said, amen. And we both opened our eyes. It's like, what do you feel like God's telling you to do? And she says, for some strange reason, I feel like I need to read Hebrews. And I'm like, okay. And so we went there and the very first verse in Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, I didn't remember this, but long ago in many ways, at times, God's prophet spoke his message to our ancestors. 
Wow. Right. And so, and, but now God sent his son to bring his message to us. God created the universe by his son and everything uh, will someday belong to the son. And so she's like, wow. So God is speaking to us through the old prophets, through the word. And right now God just spoke to me to tell me to read the book of Hebrews. So God is still, once again, proximity, love, all this coming together. God is still speaking. And I think this is a perfect segue, Michael, now to talk about the spreading of unbelief. Yeah, well, we get some good apocalyptic imagery here as we wrap up the lesson (laughs) for the beginning of this new quarter. And of course, this is familiar for for Adventists, you know, the woman and the dragon, very, very symbolic apocalyptic language, right? The woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on on her head. And so there is this uh, epic battle uh, with the dragon that goes after the woman. So there's this back and forth and drama that's taking place. And, and as Adventists, we, we have always kind of understood this as, you know, this description of God's true church through through church history, right? Through the right, right, uh, through right. the Middle Ages, or sometimes we call it the Dark Ages, although they weren't really that dark. It was the darkness of uh, availability of God's word, spiritual darkness, I guess you'd say. Yes. But uh, for what it is, uh, it describes... Uh, the origins of sin here a little bit more about uh, a third of the stars and flung them to the earth, you know, describing the stars being angels, you know, this fall of, of some of the angels from heaven. Uh, this becomes uh, Satan, Lucifer, his uh, retinue, his, his angels his that, that work in a sinister way against yeah. yeah his army against the kingdom of god exactly and so uh the the thing is is that and what this is describing is the spread of sin the spread of rebellion the spread of unbelief all of these things again these are antithetical to the character of god it's focused on sin is is focused on on selfishness it's an inward turning to oneself and and that it's it's like this uh disease you know in the middle of of, of covid right right <laughs> yeah, you know here <laughs> We, we, we can think of this uh, in, in very practical terms, you know, that it, it just took a, a small little uh, food market in Wuhan where this uh, disease suddenly started. And of course, it's debated how that happened, but it started and very quickly it before no, you no knew less. it. Yeah. Within weeks and months, it's all around the world. And, and, and sin is like that. It's, it's this sort of contagious thing that um, not contagious quite in the same way, but a, um, a hardening of the heart of the selfishness and unbelief. And of course, Adam and Eve in the garden and the beginning of this earth that, that spread to this planet through a choice to choose not to trust and believe uh, God's word and his love and to bask in his love and everything else. It was, a, you know, that, that knowledge, that knowledge that Adam and Eve experienced was a knowledge that God was trying to protect them from. But again, he couldn't protect them from themselves, from giving them free will, free choice, because then they wouldn't actually be his created, his creation. So um, what a, an amazing God that we have, but we also we're, we're realistic in knowing um, how sin has spread, how unbelief, how this evil contagion, if you please, um, has has uh, continued on. And that's really sets the stage for why we have death and dying to look at the big picture of this quarter. Uh, it's not from God. It never was. It wasn't his plan for us. It, yeah, was it wasn't never his intention. His, exactly. So um, that, that, you know, we're kind of, so we're setting some ground rules, some boundaries, you know, from scripture, the character of God, and um and and the origins of evil and the one thing we can say is although god 
allowed sin to exist. It was never his purpose or intention. It's so opposite the character of God. And so when we look at death and dying, uh, we have hope. We have hope. And we'll talk a lot more about this through this quarter. But we have hope because uh, we know and can trust in the character of God, that he knows what's best for us and he loves us. And when we experience the results of sin in our lives now, hopefully not with death. We don't want any of our listeners to die, but no. that's that's our human frailty and reality until that, you know, until Jesus comes, um, that uh, we can understand and know uh, this important context, this biblical context. Amen. You know, Michael, as, as you're sharing that, um, hopefully this braces us to combat some, maybe some questions or some doubts or some things that we are dealing with in our own lives. What, what is it, Martin Luther, who, who shared that we don't have to defend God, right? Uh, he's like a lion. We just exactly. have to allow him to, allow, uh, you just have to open up the cage, right? And so in this, exactly. allow God to defend himself, allow his word to speak into your life. And as it does, may, uh, I'm hoping that we're all willing to change. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a great uh, note on which to, to put a wrap for this new quarter, this first episode of this new series for this new quarter yes. uh, is. Uh, and so it's been a lot of fun. So uh, so we'll put a wrap there. This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.